Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday, Steve. Hey, happy Saturday, Andy. It's like the Arizona edition of Satnat. Uh, absolutely. That's it's exactly always, what it is. It's always fun. The sun is out. It's a clear blue sky out here. A little chilly, but uh, yeah, great talking to you this morning. Yes, it's always nice having my coffee sitting down, chatting movies. How's your movie uh, movie life been this past week? 
Yeah, well, I was out of town for work, and actually, I was I was out in L.A. and got a chance to uh, visit my brother briefly. And he, it was Wednesday, and he's like, "Well, hey, uh, what do you think? Uh, maybe a midnight screening of Annihilation?" I'm like, "Midnight Wednesday?" He's like, "Well, <laughs> technically, it comes out Thursday, so Wednesday, you know, midnight is Thursday." I was like, "That's it's just ridiculous." That's so strange. Because <laughs> it's like movies are supposed to come out Friday. No, no, no. They're coming out on Thursdays. Well, now really Wednesday night. So pretty soon it's going to be like, hey, the movie opens this Friday. Want to go see it on Tuesday afternoon? That's so funny. It's looking at all the movies from the past as I'm like finding all the, the box office information. I do find a lot of movies open just strange days of the week. Oh my God, I get, maybe it was a thing. And this Friday thing is something that started, I don't know, like the 70s or something. Yeah, I I don't know. didn't didn't get out to to see that. So I'm I'm still working through, you know, getting caught up on Oscar things. Um but you know, really haven't seen anything this week to to talk about. So I maybe we'll get out this weekend to to see um, you know, Annihilation or because my kids' schedules were so busy last weekend, the rest of the family didn't get to see Black Panther, so may head out to see that with the rest of them, depending on what the schedules look like this weekend. Nice, so nice. Not not a lot to talk about for new or exciting movies for me. Anything for you? Yeah, not really. Um, it's been it's been a very busy week. Um, uh, it's funny though. You mentioned uh, Black Panther and your kids. I, I can't remember which one, which Marvel movie it was. It wasn't uh, Ragnarok. It was something before that where I took the kids to it and, um, and my daughter who, you know, she's, she's older and she's starting to realize that there's kind of a connection between these things. Um, you know, I, she asked some questions about something that happened in one of these Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, that was something that's a reference to this thing that happened a while ago in one of the other movies. And she's like, how many are there? And why haven't you shown them all to us? <laughs> Oh no. So now I'm like, oh, okay. So so they didn't go see Ragnarok with me. They didn't see Black Panther with me because my daughter's at this point now where she's just like, unless she sees like the whole thing, you know, she feels like she's missing something. And I'm like, oh, that's like 18 movies I have to sit with you and watch. <laughs> so you just go back. You, I mean, then you start, do you start with, you know, the Hulk? Yeah, I, well, I, think, know, I think we that, go. I think I think it's Iron Man, Man and then the yeah. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So you got to go way, way, way yeah. back. To, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. See you on the other side of that one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be a couple years. We'll be, it'll be we'll be well into uh, uh, the third uh, third version or third. No, that's, uh, that's a summer binge. You just you know knock out a couple a day. Well, and that's funny. My my wife was the same way about. Um, the X-Men movies at first. Cause she was like, well, wait a second. There's like, you know, sh- are there some like comic books I should read, you know, before like, oh, she was getting se- and I was like, it. I was like, um, well, I was like, well, there's 50 years of comic books. Yeah. Good so luck. <laughs> no, she's like, isn't there like one place I can find just like, sort of like the summary of like, who are the, and I was like, there's so much. That's where we started getting into. Like, that's what Wikipedia is for. <laughs> yeah. But even that you have like, all the different storylines and reboots yeah, and different universes. And it's like, no, you just have to start in with, this is where th- it's this right. movie and know that a good movie will get you everything that you need to know. And you don't need all the, the back material, you know, from other exactly. sources, you, a, right. a good story will, will drop you right in and you'll feel oriented and know exactly what's going on or you should. Right. 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 Yeah. It's it, that, it, 
and you know, and, and I can certainly see that as far as like jumping into the superhero movies, you know, that they have to establish the universe for you in context of the film. You don't necessarily need to have pulled in a bunch of other material. If you have that in your head already, then sure, it's great. But, um, you know, I think Marvel and DC, I think both of them have done a pretty good job of kind of building their universe within the film and establishing that. So you don't necessarily need to go back to the comics. But um, it is interesting, though. Uh, you found an interesting article, though, now that we're talking comic books about the Marvel DC uh, uh, comparison, though. Yeah, it was I have struggled with because I, I watched um, uh, Suicide Squad again because, oh, oh. well, I, I just OK, so I forgot to mention. Well, I mentioned I guess because I told JJ about it on Trailer Rewind is I, I did get to see I, Tanya. Uh, right, which right. I, I think all biopics should be structured like that. It's an amazing film. And so we you know, looking at Margot Robbie's performance there and thinking about, you know, she had a really solid performance in Suicide Squad. Maybe there's, you know, let me just go back at that again. And oh my gosh, it it's a <laughs> nightmare. It's a disaster. But it, the thing was, it was, there were some, there were some good performances. There were some interesting character pieces to it, which I think is interesting in the context of this, this article that about Marvel and DC and Mark Millar who basically is looking at this. He came out and said, here's what he thinks the issue is uh, that, and as, as being a DC fan, he says that the issue is really that Marvel has sort of a different approach or the characters allow a different approach to storytelling. You know, it's about the characters, whereas DC it's really, the identity is about their superpower and, Marvel is about the personality. So you, you know, Matt Murdock and Peter Parker and X-Men, you have these interesting characters that you can tell these stories around. Whereas I think that's what we've seen with DC is like struggling. How do you get into these characters? You know, you, you, yeah, Batman's got his story, but you know, he talks about green lantern. Well, here's a guy who's got a ring that allows him to create, create these 3d things with green plasma and, and all that. But what's the compelling story? Right. And then the article goes on to point out, you know, well, Wonder Woman's sort of the exception. I think, yeah, that that movie was successful because they did find an interesting story to tell, which was about her, you know, struggle to, you know, she's discovering who she is and what her role is in the world. I think, yeah, that's that's exactly it. You know, Justice League was just a, you had a, a villain and you had people that came together, but you didn't have the interesting personal connection. And I think that's something we've discussed in a, a lot of our, you know, film board discussions about the Marvel movies is they, f you know, find different genres. They find a good story to tell with these characters. And I think, yeah, I think he's got a really good point. And I don't, I don't know that it's so much the flaw is with the source material or the character is he sort of indicating, I think it's, you've got to find the story to tell for that character. And maybe there isn't solid source material to go back to, but maybe that's the challenge for these writers is to create within this new cinematic universe. Here's a new approach to this character. How do we flesh out and develop that character to have them have a story that's compelling and interesting? Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a case I've heard about uh, DC versus Marvel before where DC it's really about the, the superpower and Marvel it's about the, the character. Um, and, 
it makes me wonder if if uh, I mean I know DC is really kind of pushing their their big ones that they've always kind of had at the helm of their of their brand you know Superman Wonder Woman Batman uh, Aquaman just kind of that whole Justice League uh, that's always been at the tip but it makes me think that maybe there are some other more compelling characters that are a little deeper that may not have been as popular when they're in the comic book world, but could be adapted into really interesting films, you know, and, and maybe that's a direction they should start exploring. Well, yeah. Cause I think even in, in justice league, the, you know, there were, there were some funny moments between, you know, flash and, and cyborg. And I think cyborg isn't a character that people, you know, he's, he's a relatively new character. He's not one of those iconic figures, but I think, his story, if they did an origin story on him, that's really interesting of a, of a, you know, football star or whatever, and he's injured and now he's got all this computer stuff. And he talks about, you know, in Justice League about not being able to control this stuff and computer stuff takes over. And it's like, there's an interesting conflict and struggle going on there that just gets really shuttled to the side. And I thought, and I understand the risk of trying to put something out there that isn't that branded name. You know, it's like you can put Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Batman out there. People are like, oh, yeah, I remember those names. Cyborg, who's that? Why would I go to this? So I understand that challenge. But I think, yeah, they've they've got, you know, potential there. It's just being willing to take the risk. I mean, with Flash, they've got this, the TV series. Uh, you know, I mean, I think they've, they've found their inroads with... I think Marvel has found how to do that on TV with, you know, Flash and Arrow and, you know, even, you know, back, you know, with with Smallville, they they found a way to to have interesting stories with these characters. It's just how to translate that, I guess, into a more condensed, you know, two hour story versus longer arcs in a, a TV series. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they continue, because didn't um uh uh joss whedon uh or who was it joss whedon or jj abrams who was helping and now they've stepped away from the next uh dc project that was joss whedon that stepped in on on justice league so yeah and then uh and then i heard that uh that he had was and maybe i'm mis mis remembering what i just read but um that he was gonna help with the next one and now he stepped away from it i think i recall you know reading something along that which I, I can understand of wanting to distance yourself from from that. So and again, he, you know, so many projects you can you can take on at a time. And you know, he did because he did Avengers and Age of Ultron. Correct? He directed both of those, and then yeah. stepping in Justice League. I could imagine that's that's a lot of time in in comic book land. And if there's other stories he wants to tell, yeah, he he's he's a really interesting guy, and it'll be. Uh, um... Uh, interesting to see where he goes, but it's also just going to be really interesting to see where it uh, it leaves DC and kind of what they end up uh, doing with their with their next film. You know, I'm I'm curious to see if they're going to find a way to actually make something that that is really a successful film, not just you know making money at the box office, but actually is something that people really uh, can you know be happy with well they've got aquaman coming out later this year and then next year dc's got shazam uh which is starring uh zachary levi which a lot of people remember from the tv huh. series chuck and he was in a couple of thor movies one of thor's little you know sidekick team um and some people may think of him as the uh as the uh romantic uh guy in tangled Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. I for I forgot about that. Yeah, and so that's coming out next year. 
So we'll we'll see. Maybe they they hit their stride. Maybe some sometime down the road, your daughter will be watching eighteen you know DC movies to, to get caught up on. <laughs> she can do that one on her own. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, but regardless, um, I mean, Marvel has certainly uh, proved their strength at the box office with uh, with Black Panther. I mean, right now it's looking to become the fourth film to deliver a one hundred million dollar take at the box office for its second weekend. Um, it's uh, it's quite a chunk of change that that's uh, looking to rake in. I think that would be behind Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Jurassic World, and what was the other one? Was it The Avengers? Yeah, that uh, that that made that much in its second uh, second week. Um, it's it's crazy how how successful this is, but it's great, and it shows that again, going back to the good storytelling that they can have in these comic book movies. I mean, Black Panther took a lot of really interesting uh, current political issues and and made a really interesting film out of it. This is a film that I you know a few years ago I would have expected to be you know May you know, or summer or something like that, because that was, you know, that's when your superhero movies came out. They were your summer blockbuster movies, but now, you know, Marvel's got to make room for it in the schedule because it's got, you know, had Avengers Infinity War, then you've got the Ant-Man and Wasp movie coming out. And so it's, it's really shifted, you know, even going back to like Deadpool, you know, February is a place where you can put these movies and they, and audiences go and find them. It's, I guess now we've transitioned to people go to the movies year round, not just during the summer or not just during the holidays. It's now an activity people can do anytime during the year. And to have a movie hit a box office record, you know, in February, which would, you know, as I said, you know, years ago, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that's when bad movies just get dumped because people aren't going. And it's showing that you put a good movie out there no matter when it is, the audience shows up. It makes me happy to see. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how well it does this weekend. And then uh, Game Night and Annihilation are both opening. So we'll see how well they do. I think Game Night's expected to come in second at the box office. And Annihilation, uh, I don't know if they're tracking that to uh, to come in third. But, um, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll find out if it's going to be Peter Rabbit still, which has been doing really well, or, or uh, Annihilation. But um, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, well, we'll see if the uh, what was it? Is it the uh, food allergy boycott of Peter Rabbit it has an impact on their on their box <laughs> office? And then, I, well, Annihilation, I I think that one, I don't expect a lot of that because I I think it's it's a, uni- it's a limited it's, it, yeah yeah it's a it's a limited audience and what I've heard is it's right. it's a really challenging film. It's going to make you think, and I you know when you've got something like. See, I did it again. I, whenever you say game, I, I always think of that Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler one where they're running the casino out of their house. Did it again. And I'm like, it was like, oh, yeah, light comedy. Of course. That, and it's like, no, game night is not that. This is the the darker one that's yeah. where it's like. Uh, it's, it's a I, really dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the game, right? Where it's Jason like. Jason oh, Bateman. Yeah. yeah and, Jason and Bateman. Friends, yeah. And, and yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah. Hey, we're going to do a little murder mystery party. And then things really go. But then it turns wrong. into real murder, but they don't know. Right. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's got some some darkly comic elements. It's just not Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler type of comedy. So it's uh, it's getting it's getting good uh, good reviews. So okay. if I can get out to see two movies this weekend, it will be Game Night and Annihilation. So I guess we'll just put it there. I want to see them both quite a bit. Okay. Well, let's talk trailers, buddy. What's okay. uh, why don't why don't you kick it off? What's your trailer? What what is my trailer? I came up with an interesting trailer. Um, so this is. <laughs> 
a comedy. This is called Birthmarked. Uh, it comes out March 30th. And this is a story of two scientists that sort of take on the nature versus nurture challenge by deciding to raise their child and two other young infants they adopt contrary to their sort of family you know, history. So as scientists, they're going to raise their child as an artist and they find two other children and uh, one that they're going to raise, you know, the girl they're going to raise to be very smart because her, apparently her her family are are not that bright. And uh, then there's the other family that's that's very angry and violent. They're going to raise that child as a as a pacifist. And uh, it just looks like so much fun. And I think, you know, appeals to me because of being a parent of your best intentions and how things can go horribly wrong and backfire and you question your choices as a parent. But this has got um, Tony Collette and Matthew Good as the parents. And this just looks like so much fun. I, I laughed out loud several times watching this trailer and I thought this this is the fresh type of comedy that that I really enjoy. It's, it seems smart. It has, yes, some of it looks like slapstick elements, but it's just done in such a smart way. It's something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. It, it had just a great comedy with it. Michael Smiley as kind of the the doctor who's like giving them the kids to raise and everything. Uh, he's just got one of those faces that works really well in a comedy like this. It just looks like something that's going to be a lot of fun and the cast. Yeah. The cast looks great. And the humor with these kids. I mean, it's, it's very funny. And like you said, as a parent, you're always questioning how you're raising them. And if you're doing them, doing it right. And here, this is just a really fun example of like taking that to the extreme. So I, I'm excited for this one. And what did what did what did you bring? You you went like the exact opposite direction. Oh wait, when when does yours open? Oh, it's uh it's March thirtieth, and oh That's okay, it. so um right so the director and writer I had not recognized these names. This looks like first like feature film director Emmanuel Haas Dis Dismaris. I I don't know, and writer writer <laughs> That's Mar- a guess as I could have done, and and writer Mark Tulin, and it looks like they've worked together on some shorts before so it looks like a team that that they've got some experience working together which uh so i'm I'm interested to see you know how well this comes together i i'm excited about you know sort of first timers like this because i think they sometimes don't know what they don't know and they're they're willing to push you know into new directions and with comedy that's what i'm looking forward to and yeah march march 30th so fantastic yeah well, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm excited for mine, too. Mine looks like a really interesting film that uh, that played at Sundance last month. And um, I don't I, I never heard about this coming. It's nothing that was on my radar at all. The thing that drew me to it is the fact that uh, Idris Elba is directing it, which which got me excited. He's an actor who I'm endlessly fascinated with. I think he's always just making really exciting choices and he's just kind of a mesmerizing performer on screen and here he is taking this this uh this this novel this jamaican the novel written by a jamaican uh writer um and uh making a film out of it adapting it for the screen it's a, it's a, a british crime film called yardy that um uh, like i said it just played at sundance and the story of this is it starts off in uh, in jamaica in the 70s uh, this young boy witnesses his brother uh, getting assassinated, and then this like Jamaican uh, Don, I guess, kind of gives him a home, a place to live, 
and uh, and then once he's grown up, this Don sends him on this mission to London. While he's there, he ends up kind of reconnecting with his girlfriend and the daughter that they have. But then, kind of all of uh, all of his life comes uh, comes catching up with him and crashing down on him. Um, it looks like a really interesting story. The trailer doesn't give you a ton of that. I had to d- do a little more digging to find out a little bit more of the story. Um, but what the trailer does provide is just a really uh, interesting vibe for the film. It has this this um, just great sense of these characters and this world that they're living in and and the struggle that our protagonist is having and just kind of his life as he's kind of moving through it. Um, it, it just, it was, it looked like a compelling trailer. I don't know if I watched it on my own, if it would have grabbed me, um, quite as strongly, but when I saw that, that Idris Elba was directing it, I was like, okay, that just turned into something that I really am curious about now. Cause I want to see what he is going to do when he, uh, takes a film and, uh, tells the story himself. So what'd you think of this one? Yeah, no, I, the Idris Elba connection, I think is, is going to get you know, some people out to see this one uh, that that it may not have been on their radar. The other thing, I, you know, looking into, I saw that it's, it's written by um, Brock Norman Brock, who wrote uh, the screenplay for Bronson, which is a just insane movie. If if you have not seen it about uh, about a the, I, I don't know if he's a serial killer, uh, but just this insane you know, criminal in England and Tom Hardy is it's just the most bizarre film ever. So somebody that, you know, tackles darker material and, and yeah, there's a aspect to this that, um, and the story of there's, it's hard to get the whole sense of the story from the trailer, but it, there's some, some of the dialogue is like, it seems like there's two characters and one's like choosing what he says, you chose the path of grace and I choose the path of darkness or something like that. So it's, it seems like they, we've got some dynamics between, you know, characters and the, the path for the, they've chosen for their life. Uh, so yeah, I'm, this is a trailer I enjoy because it's not giving me so much that I can see where the story's going. So I'm, it's enough to tease me into saying, yeah, I'm going to check this out because these performances look interesting uh, and a, a story that uh, will be really engaging. Put us, putting us in a different world that we're not used to. So. Yes, exactly. As a good movie should. Yeah, well, with so, this, I don't have I don't have any release dates. Uh, it's still kind of in the festival circuit. Like I said, it played at Sundance last month. It's uh, it just played at the Berlin International Film Festival. Um, I think last week or maybe the week before. Um, and so it still is uh, kind of going through that process before it ends up getting its own release date. But uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get something theatrical. But regardless, I am looking forward to it. Well, I guess it's time time for these uh, lists of ours, eh? <laughs> This list it was this was this was brutal. I was I thought, oh yeah, this one won't be so bad. I really struggled on this one to put together a a, a list. I uh, just I thought, oh yeah, there's lots of films that fall in this category of what, what was it? It's like young young actor or young performers, young yeah, young people aspiring to greatness, to greatness on the stage or screen. Yes, exactly. So I, I I have a few backups, but I I am anticipating lots of overlap. But you guys often surprise me with with what what you <laughs> what you find. Um, well, we'll see. I I struggled with this one myself. Uh, weirdly, because uh, I I couldn't think of many uh, on top of my head. It was like it was harder for me to come up with them. 
And, uh, and I found that when I searched for it online, it wasn't an easy search. Like it, it, it led me down a lot of strange paths that I'm like, why is it, why is it, why is that link popping up? It has nothing oh, yeah. to do with this. Oh yeah. I ended so. up with, with movies for actors to watch. I, f- I found yep. lists of like, <laughs> oh, Hey, here's some young up and coming actors. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know. I know who our young and up and coming actors are. What <laughs> movies about people right. like that and uh yeah there it, it was a short list but i i found movies that i've seen movies that i think are worth sharing uh some that i think people maybe maybe one that people haven't really heard of so i i'm willing to nice. to, to delve into this so. well just to, just to remind our listeners so uh this week on the show we uh did talk about funny girl which uh is of course barbara streisand as she becomes one of the uh Ziegfeld uh girls and uh and uh, in her life thereafter with her uh with her husband um and so to uh in in honor of that we said hey let's do our lists of uh what we just said of you know young people aspiring to uh, to uh greatness on stage or screen and uh well let's go ahead and kick it off buddy why don't you go first okay so i'm just gonna probably steal one because i i gotta play my <laughs> strong one right up front so um way back in 1950 there was a movie about a, an aging uh, star, Margot Channing, and an ambitious young fan that sort of insinu- insinuates herself into her life and ultimately, you know, taking over. I'm, I'm talking about All About Eve, um, which I think when the, you mentioned this category, this is the first thing that leapt to mind, not only because it's sort of like the perfect fit for for this list but it's just it's a movie that if people have not seen they they really need to go out and see this was one that i'd always heard about and when i finally got around to seeing it i i said i can't believe i waited this long to see this movie just you know great performances i think it still holds the record for there were four actresses nominated uh for oscars for this one there were two two uh two actresses and then two supporting actress nominations uh and had like 14 oscar nominations uh just amazing film and i think a story that still just that rings true it just touched into one of those universal themes of the struggle between sort of the the master and the mentor and uh that that transition of power that's one of my favorites. Uh, we have talked about that one on the show, but we'll yeah. Well, hey, I, I, we'll let it slide. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll I'll take that. Yes, I, I'm breaking the rules on this list. Hear that, Pete? I I, love it. I am the one breaking the rules on the list this time. <laughs> oh, that's just brilliant. I love it. Well, I'm going to go with um. I since since we're starting uh, strong, I'm going to kick it off with uh, one of my strong ones because I want to make sure it doesn't get stolen too. <laughs> and this is about um. Uh, the, a struggling actor trying to, uh, you know, make it in uh, in uh, the acting scene in New York, and he just can't get a part. And he's he's struggling so much that he finally realizes that the way to actually get a part is by dressing as a woman. And I am, of course, talking about the fantastically brilliant film Tootsie. Uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, is just fantastic in the role as uh as uh dorothy uh you know Dor- dorothy michaels 
as he uh, as he says so wonderfully. Um, he is brilliant in the role. He he of course becomes a huge star, and it creates major conflict in his life as he falls in love with his leading lady, and uh, meanwhile, kind of steals the role from his female best friend Terry Gar. And it's God, man, it's just such a great movie. I love it so much. Um, and that's my first choice. It's Tootsie. Oh yeah, that that was one where I thought if I do all about even Tootsie, that's just there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing left. <laughs> and I I tried to focus on uh, sort of younger, and I thought, well, he's you know, okay, let me let me try to create this theme within my list of like you know the the really young you know breaking in, and whereas I saw Tootsie of like struggling actor, and yes, I think. And maybe it's because, you know, I was like nine years old when Tootsie came out that, you know, Dustin Hoffman, even if he was like a young adult struggling actor, I was like, oh, yeah, he's an old guy. So I, I've tried to think of, you know, like the teen, you know, really young uh, stars. So if you uh, say that, that makes me feel bad because I always thought he was younger in that role for some yeah. reason. But no, I was looking I, at his age. I'm like, wow, he was like 45. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, holy I mean, cow. But it is. I mean, it, it is a, a great story of, you know, the struggling, you know, actor trying to, to break in and, and have. I mean, it's just one of those films where it just it's amazing how well that it holds up over time. I just yeah. yeah, love that, love that one. Uh, so for my second pick, I'm I'm the one that's on the fringe. So I went with <laughs> 2001's Mulholland Drive. Oh, okay. um, with, uh, Naomi Watts is sort of that young, you know, naive uh, actress, you know, trying to make it. And of course, the story has nothing to do with her breaking in. To Hollywood, it's David Lynch, and things just go off the rails crazy there. But it, for me, it, it's uh, I think one of David Lynch's films that's just really endured, and it's just sort of the epitome of what he does. It's it's got some incoherent things. It's got that dreamscape quality, but it's just got some really uh, good performances as well. I think it's where sort of everything came together for him. And so I put that out there uh, because I think it's also a you know great role for, for, for Naomi Watts as well. So that's yeah, I really kind of kickstarted her career. As yes. I recall. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those movies that I, I, I saw once and it, it just stuck with me. Uh, so strongly it's a it's a great film and i need to rewatch it um because it's uh, it's just it that to me represented kind of like david lynch at his best you know i yeah. really enjoy those sorts of twisty tales that he tells so all right well for my second choice i'm going with um i, I think it's fair um i don't think i'm quite cheating because this is about an actress um who is is uh, pursuing a career on stage. Um, that being said, it's not uh, acting on stage. It's actually dancing on stage. And it is Darren Aronofsky's 2010 psychological horror film, Black Swan, in which uh, 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 the fantastic Natalie Portman is struggling to uh, to find the, uh, the, the uh, place within herself, kind of the dark place within herself, to really be able to take this lead role in swan lake where she is this uh, this kind of this uh, transformation into this darker character and the way that aronofsky told the story and the way that uh natalie portman performed it with vincent cassell and mila kunis barbara hershey winona Ryder, really just a brilliant cast this was one of uh, Aron aronofsky's uh, just strongest films i i really was drawn to it um and i just thought he did an incredible job but just watching her struggle to find the uh 
find what she needed inside to actually kind of become this role uh, was really kind of horrifying, leading to uh, what I thought was just one of the most brilliant um, end moments of a film. It's just really, it really took me. Um, and so I think it kind of is cheating a little bit, but uh, it is my second choice because I think it kind of works also. And that's Black Swan. No, I think, yeah, the the whole, you know, struggle to, of of the, of the artist trying to break in uh, to, to reach a little higher for that and what that can do to a person, uh, that, that transformation. No, I think that that fits. I'm, I struggle with Aronofsky's films. Uh, I'm not a, a huge fan. I, I have issues with some of his things, but I, I think there, there were some really great performances in this one that are, are definitely make it, uh, especially Natalie Portman, just, you know, she's just amazing. All right. So this is one that's, I think, maybe off people's radar, uh, but it's a little bit on the other side of the story because this is a story of a, a film star that is uh, coming face to face with an un- uncomfortable ref- reflection of herself while starring in a revival of the play that launched her career. So we've got uh, an actress who had a career defining moment as a young actress and is uh, now asked to perform in a revival as now the older woman and have the, that young star come in to play the role that she sees as defining who she was. And so I'm talking about 2014's clouds of Sils Maria with uh, Juliette Binoche and Kristen Stewart and uh, Chloe Moretz. And this is, I'd heard about it and kept, it just kept showing up on lists and discussions. And so I sat down and watched it and it is, there are just some great, performances for people that don't like twilight Kristen stewart this is a different side of her altogether uh with juliette binoche and their relationship Kristen stewart's her assistant and just to see that transformation of a an aging star having to let go and redefine themselves particularly when you see from her perspective this young starlet stepping into her is is not not a talented actress it's sort of one of the sort of like those disney stars that's like oh yeah i'm i'm really shallow but i'm this seems like an interesting part and the dynamic between the two uh is just made for a really interesting character study in this film so it's it's one that i hope people give a chance uh it's it's rather talky a lot of scenes of just sitting around talking but if you're up for that i think it's a very rewarding watch it's been a movie that I, I've heard a lot of positive things about. Um, I hear the performances are great. I've always heard how um, how just interesting of a story that it was. I just I never ended up checking it out. I, and I saw it pop up a few times as I was searching around the Internet. And I'm like, oh, man, that's one I wish I could say that. And there are a number of these that I've found, but I'm just like, I haven't watched them yet. So um, but that's definitely one that's on my radar. So I'll have to I'll have to get it uh, added to my queue so I can check it out. Well, for my my final one, you know, I've been debating uh, in my head if I should go with uh, with one that I think perfectly fits the bill, um, but I'm not as excited about, or one that I think is cheating a little bit, um, but I'm much more excited about. <laughs> <laughs> go with the I, excitement. I, go with the excitement. Go, cheating? Okay. Uh, you know, you know. Come on. Uh, well, it's uh, and it's it's just such an obvious choice anyway. Okay. The, the, my my last one is 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 too obvious if I went with the obvious choice. So I think I will um, I will go with the one that's more exciting and. Oddly enough, I have two of them, uh, both of which I think um, uh, are are very similar in the fact that I'm cheating about 
it's not about a um, an actor who's trying okay. to make it big. It's about a writer who's trying to make it big. And um, of the two that uh, that I had on my list, the one that I'm actually going to go with, jumping like you all the way back to 1950. I'm going to go with Sunset Boulevard, which is uh, just an absolutely brilliant dark noir about a struggling writer um, who is is kind of ended up ends up in this strange place where he falls in with this aging actress who uh, is a former uh, silent film star. And and she is just she kind of wants to make it again and all this. And, and he kind of falls in with her and. And, you know, uh, you know, just these these promises of of help and stuff and, you know, the, the, the way that they're drawn together and the the dark places that the story ends up going. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. And I love seeing it in William Holden as this struggling writer and and, uh, you know, starting the film off with the shot uh, in the swimming pool underwater as you're looking up at this floating body and, and he's narrating after he's been dead. I mean, it's just it's a brilliantly dark noir film Billy Wilder directed in 1950. And that's, it is a little bit of a cheat because it is about a writer, but that's my uh, final choice, Sunset Boulevard. You can always cheat to get Sunset Boulevard on the list. It's just such a, that's, that's another one that I had heard about for so long. And then when I finally got around to watching it was just like kicking myself that I'd spent so right. much of my life not <laughs> having this part of my film, you know, viewing experience. It's just a, a amazing, amazing film. What what was your other, what was your more obvious pick? Well, the other writer story that yeah. I, I was going to do was Moulin yeah. Rouge, which is about oh, a writer okay. writing okay. for theater. Yeah. And then the obvious pick was La La Land because that, oh, yeah. you know, that just seemed yeah. like so obvious. It was so recent. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't my favorite film. And so I was like, it's just, it's so obvious, but I just, I didn't want to go there. So yeah, for me, I thought the obvious one was going to be Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, that's so, that been a great one. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So it's, it is total. That would have been great. So yeah, but it's one where I was like, okay, I'll just keep that up because I, I'll, I, I'm, I knew I'm stealing all about Eve from Andy. I'll let him have Little Miss Sunshine because I figured that would be <laughs> on there. Um, Excellent. As well. But no, I think we came up with some really, some really good lists. I think, uh, yeah, th- this is always fun to find some things to to add to to your queue if you haven't uh, heard of them before or just sometimes a reminder of great films that uh, it's time to sit down and watch again well so what uh so what are we going to do for next week we've got uh um uh, we're doing our um jumping back into Catherine bigelow and her films we're going to be talking about near dark which is her kind of a uh vampire uh take on the vampire movies it's a little bit of a i don't want to call it a western but it definitely kind of has a cowboy leading character and stuff um i mean we could just go big and just go vampire movies because there's certainly is a a a giant quantity of those to uh to pull from oh yeah yeah i was trying to think about what else is in the story but it's i mean not to say there's not a lot to it i think it it does a, a twist on the genre a little bit but i think yeah, if we go if we go big with with vampire, uh, that gives a, a broad range for that because I think otherwise we'll find ourselves just too confined, or or just really stretching and, and pushing against the list too much to to fit things in. So I think you, you know. Well, you know what we could do also is we could do modern vampire stories. So we're just we're not pulling from like the gothic. Uh, oh you know, sure, the old yeah. world ones. Yeah. So that, I mean that gives us a little bit more. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Refinement, you know. Yeah, because I think yeah, if you keep it more more current, you're going to get a lot more of the fresh take on a vampire. How do we how do we do this sort of in a new way rather than yeah. just yeah 
the the old classic vampire story. So yeah, I, I I'm all aboard for that one. All right, well let's do it. So, so that, that will be our list next week: modern vampire stories. So that's that's really challenging for Pete since he's always going to have to include a Woody Allen movie on his <laughs> list. <laughs> yes, that that will make it quite fun. <laughs> That's one thing that uh, you know maybe would make me interested to go see a Woody Allen movie again is to see him do a vampire story. <laughs> oh, that oh yeah, that would be yeah the, the neurotic vampire. Yeah, that there there we go. Well, there's the title, <laughs> the neurotic vampire. <laughs> oh, Only my, Woody Allen. Right. Only Woody yes, Allen. take that, uh, Pete. There's your list. There's your challenge, buddy. <laughs> Have fun with that one. That's what you get for not being here. That's right. Excellent. All, all right, right, man. Well, I guess that's it. So uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, all of our listeners out there, thank you uh, for uh, supporting us over on Patreon and uh, and helping us out. It really helps, and we appreciate it. Otherwise, Steve, it's been a great conversation. Yes. Always a pleasure talking with you on an early Saturday morning as I'm loading up on my caffeine. All right, buddy. Well, have a good one, and goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, goodbye. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.